I'm really excited to see kind of how this takes off and kind of what level it does at. But yeah, you're absolutely right because it'll you'll never go backwards, right? Like that's what I mean by you'll keep going forward. Like if yesterday was the worst day you ever had, guess what? That's over. Like today is the start of the new. Welcome to the Aaron Caulfield Podcast. I'm glad you're here. On the show, it's my job to interview and sometimes coach high-achieving entrepreneurs. I draw out their entrepreneurial lessons, the stories, the frameworks, the insights that you can use in building your business. And along the way, we discuss the emotional challenges they face as leaders. I hope you enjoy. This episode is an interview with Chris Semplis, who's a great friend of mine from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We played high school basketball together. We both wanted to be in the NBA. We both thought we were going to be in the NBA and we both didn't make it to the NBA. So we became entrepreneurs instead. And Chris started his company in the fall of 2019. It's called Prototaste. He started with co-founder Kyle Pellman, who also went to high school with us. So shout out to you, Kyle. Hope you're well, man. What they do is they help restaurants and chefs expand their businesses by offering a low-cost food truck rental program. So these businesses can rent Prototase food truck and Prototase handles all the logistics, the cleanup, and takes all the risks associated with owning a food truck. They are succeeding despite all the odds, currently in Denver, Colorado, and looking to expand across the U.S. Hey, man. Hey, what's up, brother? Will you take a few moments to introduce yourself, please? Yeah. My name is Chris Semplis. I am the CEO and co-founder of Prototaste. What is Prototaste? So Prototaste in its, I would say, simplest form is a food truck rental program for chefs and restaurants. We provide distribution and promotion for our members to allow them to be able to sell food at locations other than their brick and mortar at a fraction of the cost of buying their own food truck. We handle all the logistics, um, additional promotion, and all they have to do is set up shop, sell their food, run the kitchen as they see fit, and clean and then get out of there. We handle the rest. So this is like businesses, like local restaurants and businesses in Denver, right? Yeah. So the best way to think of it too is like, think about your mom and pop, your favorite pizza shop, or one of our clients is just a, a taco concept that's just now starting up. It's great for chefs and people that want to build a following without the risk of buying their own food truck or taking a a 10-year business lease out on a location that's very risky and very costly to do. So you can minimize some of that risk with us. So you know your mom and pop pizza shop, which is located on this side of town, other than catering, has never been able or you know delivery has never been able to sell over here. But let's say they want to sell fresh food at a completely different part of town or reach a new audience, or they have a private event that they could use a food truck for that's never been available to them before us. Yeah. Right. It's like a little B2B play, like a yes. small B2B play, right? Yep. Absolutely. So they rent, our members have access to an online portal and it shows them what events that we have available, what dates are available, when they can have access to the food truck. And they rent it for a flat fee on a per event basis. So 
we don't take a cut of sales. We don't want to reach into our partner's client, our, our partner's pockets. You know, when they've had a a really good day, we don't want to reach our hands deeper down. So we, we it's a flat rate, so they know exactly how much their cost is going to be. They need they know exactly how much they need to sell to hit their goals, things of that nature. The margins in the food industry are so small to begin with. So you know, this is one way to kind of help help with that a little bit. When you go to some of these events or festivals, and if you set up a tent or something and they take a cut of your sales as a as a chef or as a restaurant, that's great because it's because it's uh you know it's not fixed. But the bad part is is when you have a big day, you know, you got to pay them more. So it's a flat fixed rate, B2B, and they'll know exactly what their cost is before they sign up for the event. Okay. So Tony's taco shop, I'm just making this out. Yeah. Tony's taco shop like wants to go to this event in Denver yep. And, yep. and sell their tacos there. Yep. They rent Prototaste food truck. Yep. And set up shop and sell and then clean afterwards and they pay you a flat rate. Yep. It's as turnkey as can be. We don't they're not responsible for driving it for picking it up or dropping it off. They're not responsible for having the food truck with the propane, the gas, the water, all the things that go on behind the scenes, the maintenance, that's what they pay us for. So what's really nice is our clients like this. Hey, this event starts at noon. The truck will be there at 11. So we drop it off at 11. You, all you have to do is provide your, your product and your labor. And then you get to run the kitchen as you see fit for the duration of the event. We're not there micromanaging. We're not there stepping on toes or doing anything over the top. It's, it's simply just you running it as you see fit. Yeah, yeah, you're not you're not providing like people to run the their business. Water. Exactly, you know. And <laughs> one of our partners asked, "Do we have to tell you our kind of secret recipe? Are we provided to give any information like that?" Absolutely not. You know, it's it's this is think of it as a your mobile kitchen kind of on the go that you get to rent for the day or for a specific time period or event. And what a lot of our members like too is even these existing restaurants. Our original vision was to have it be for up and coming chefs who want to mitigate their risk of like failing or, you know, mm-hmm. the thing that businesses and restaurants do best is go out of business. Right. So this is kind of one way to help mitigate that. That was our vision. And we have some partners, some of our members who do that. Then we were like, well, we can also tap into these local mom and pop stores and help them provide sales across town or get them to try a new menu item that they wouldn't necessarily put in their brick and mortar, but they want to kind of test it out with a different demographic at a different location. So they have the flexibility to do that with us. So it's really kind of grown in the past year or so as far as like, okay, here's originally who we're going to cater. And now we now we work with a bunch of different people. So yeah, so they don't have to provide a, their secret recipe. They're running it how that how they want. That's very cool. And I can feel your your energy and your excitement around that. Yeah. So, well so, it, it's yeah, it's cool, man, because it it just when I first moved to Denver from the East Coast six and a half years ago, the one thing I noticed was that there's not a lot of late night food options. And you know, being from the East Coast, we're used to eating whenever you want. You know, it's you eat a nine thirty dinner or you're leaving the bar at one AM and you know, there's there's always options. It was a little bit more limited out here. So I originally wanted to kind of do the late night food scene. And then a couple of things fell through. Nothing major, just a, a buddy of mine who I was going to partner with had an awesome opportunity for a different route of employment, which he couldn't turn down. So it was no, of course, 
you know, no hard feelings or anything like that. He just went another route and I was happy for him. And then that kind of gave me some time to sit back and think like, okay, what's something that I can provide and help lift up these local chefs, these local restaurants versus competing with them. So that is something that I am very passionate about. You know, when you talk about my excitement, like, yeah, first and foremost, it's cool to grow a company, but it's also even better to grow a company when you're helping others. And that's what we're, we're providing solutions really. And another sales channel to chefs, restaurants, you know, these mom and pop stores that that's never been available to them before. Yeah. I totally get the need for it. I was talking to Blonde, who you talked to. Yeah. Phone, and he wants to start his own food truck. It's easing that transition for somebody to like start one, or if they already have a business to just like go to events. Exactly. It's okay. There's several prongs here with this, right? Like somebody like Voland, that was kind of who I was saying, like the, the vision was to kind of, okay, that's what we're going to focus on because it's not necessarily the smartest decision to go buy a $60,000 food truck without a proof of concept. But how do you prove your concept, right? So it's like you go to these festivals, you set up tents, you kind of maybe like now with the internet, people can do it so many ways, set up a little e-commerce site, a delivery and sell like, you know, Tony's tacos, like we said and try and get some feedback. This is just another way that you can get feedback. So you're a member with us. Maybe you only partner with us for three months. Maybe you partner with us for three years. Maybe you're with us for 18 months. You buy your own food truck and you need to be two places at once and you still use your Prototaste membership and kind of partnership to be in two places at once. So yeah, somebody like who's looking to start, this would be a great, great first place for you to get your foot in the door, get some real feedback. Also build your brand following. That way, when you do go out on your own, whether it's a brick and mortar, whether it's a kiosk, a food truck, food cart, you'll already have that kind of following for you. The other side of the coin, kind of like I was saying earlier with these existing restaurants is what they really like is that they're not responsible for the maintenance of a food truck. You know, I've talked to people who have been in the industry for 10 years who have successful restaurants. And what they like about our concept is that like, my vision is who, why wouldn't you always want a food truck? But several of them have said, hey man, it's, you know, I'm busy enough keeping my restaurant going. <laughs> what I like about your model, it's perfect for me because it's a rental and and I pay this fee and you deal with all the maintenance of it. You deal with all the behind the scenes stuff and I get to show up and cook. So it really is kind of helping two different sets of people in entrepreneurs, if you will, at their state. You know, you might, what'd be really cool is, you know, I'd love to see if we transition with one of our early members who somebody's just starting out and then they buy a brick and mortar and they still kind of use us. That'd be you know, that'd be kind of a really cool like life cycle of a, of a partnership. So, you know, we've only been in business for a year and it's, it's way too early to tell, but that's something I'm really looking forward to. I love the way you're thinking about it. And for listeners, that was Vlon Cook, just so everyone knows. And yep. He was on my podcast. I don't know if you know that. So anyway, yeah. check that out. Go check him out. Yeah. Cool. So I want to talk about the vision because you've always had this vision. And just for anyone listening, Chris and I have been friends since we were growing up. And yep. so... I've always known you had this vision to be kind of an international businessman or at least owning multiple businesses. Yeah. This feels like it's coming true for you. What's your vision now? Like, is it, how has it evolved over the years? Yeah. Well, my first vision was to play in the NBA. And if you're listening to this podcast, (laughs) yeah, I was going to say Aaron had a little bit better shot at that than I did, but we were uh, teammates, you know, all through middle school and high school and, Aaron's a heck of a ball player, but 
I kind of realized I wasn't going D1 in, in the NBA by the time I hit about ninth grade. So then it kind of shifted a little bit. But after, aside from sports, which sports is something that I attest like my work ethic to, as far as whether it's in the classroom or now in business, I was never the fastest guy on the court, the strongest guy on the court, definitely didn't have the best jump shot. But the one thing that you can control is how much effort you're putting into it and like how scrappy you are, if you will. You can't be the tallest, the fastest, the strongest, but you can control what you what you can control, which is putting what you put into it. Um, so that kind of translated into career with sales for me, and then now into business and running my own business. So yeah, kind of like you said, after it shifted from wanting to play professional sports, the next thing for me was where can I take this competitive drive I have in this nature, and you know how else? What does that translate well to? And it was it was business. I'm learning a lot. I've had a t-shirt company that I ran for a couple of years in the past. We've had ups, downs, successes, failures. The clothing company isn't around anymore, but it was just really, really cool to learn a lot from that. And now if you ask me what my goal is, it's to help right now in the form of prototypes, it's to help aspiring restaurateurs and chefs and restaurants grow and expand their business. But also I want to grow and expand my own business. I would love to see prototypes in every city in America acting as this launch pad for new restaurants, for new concepts. My ultimate goal, like you said, Aaron, is to kind of be involved, have my hand in several different businesses. And not just from the value, like the economic value that that brings, but also as we continue to learn. And then I can pass on what I've learned from my successes and failures in business to other folks who are succeeding or just starting out. So, you know, my ultimate goal of what I want to be when I grow up, I would love to have to own an operator, be involved or an investor or on the board in several different businesses. And that's kind of some of which I build from the ground up, something to outlast me when I'm gone here. Yeah, I'm always reminded of that quote from Jay-Z. I think it's, I'm not a businessman. I'm a businessman. Yeah. Whenever you talk about it, that always comes up for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, and I mean, that's just, I'm a big Jay-Z fan. And that lyric is, I think Jay-Z is one of the, I'm a big hip hop guy too. And I think Jay-Z is one of the more smart and savvy and like raw, you know, that hustle and literally from the streets to now he's just so much more than a musician. He's got his hands in so many different things. And he's a big, I would say a big role model. I think somebody is, and if you're in business, I think you'd be wise, whether you know Jay-Z's background or not, to look it up and kind of see what he's done and what he's come from come from literally from the streets to where he's at now is pretty astonishing. Yeah. Any other mentors, celebrities, anyone else that you look up to? Yeah. In the business world, I'm a big Gary V fan, big fan of his. He's, you know, he's an East coast guy. He's from New Jersey or New York. And, and he's put, he's big on just putting out content. I think Aaron, you and I have talked about him before. And he's just, he's very big on the value that you give to others and how it all kind of comes back full circle. I think some of these bigger players who are like super innovative too, like they're just kind of fun to watch. Like Elon Musk is entertaining kind of his business moves, some of the greats like Warren Buffett and things like that. And then also too, kind of shifting it back to sports or entertainment. It's funny. I just read the Mamba mentality after Kobe passed. And I know that you were a big Kobe fan. That guy was just, just amazing with his work ethic and, and things of that nature. So there's several. 
but I would say, you know, those are some of the top ones for me too. What I love about Kobe is that he actually wasn't as like gifted physically mm-hmm. as Michael or others, but he just willed himself yes. to succeed. It's really amazing. Kobe is to me is the definition of never stopping and like this obsession for greatness. And there's a quote who I think it was Abe Lincoln or somebody said, whatever you are, be a great one. Or, and I think it's kind of like, take pride in what you do. If you're the janitor at this school, be the best janitor at the school. If you're an analyst, and it was just kind of like this, if you're a painter, be the best painter, whatever it is you are, be a good one at whatever it is. And Kobe, I think just like, that's why the Mamba mentality was so interesting to me that the book and kind of that like whole theory behind it, because this guy just obsessed over being the best. And that goes for whether like you can apply that to sports, you can apply that to business, you can apply that to family, you can apply that to personal growth, whatever you're going to do, just give it all that you have. And in my mind, I always say to folks that I don't think you really fail unless you quit. And what I mean by that is like, there's always a way to figure things out in business and life. And like, you know, the the only failure, the, the only time that you lose is if you stop progressing and moving forward. So if you keep going, you'll never fail, which is kind of cool when you think about it. Yeah. I get a little emotional about it because entrepreneurship is this infinite game. It's like yes. this never-ending game. It's this ongoing challenge. And sometimes I want it to end. Like I want some completion, but it's actually better to just keep going and pivoting and figuring out the path. To actually- yeah, I think you know, your boy Gary Vee says this all the time. You got to love the process. And I think that's something that kind of Kobe, going back to that, kind of touched on. Like he was in the gym at 5 a.m. and you learned to love it. Like, yeah, it probably wasn't great. And, you know, the amount of shots that he was getting up and like you probably don't love it, but like his obsession to be the best or to be great is what led him to do that. And once you fall in love with the process, like you stop kind of looking for that end result. And I'm not saying that I'm there at all because like I'm kind of with you too. Like I'm like, okay, when will I feel like, who, okay, take a breath. Like this is kind of starting to get, to get really good. And it's like, once you get to this level, you want to be there. Once you get here, you want to keep going, you know? And I don't mean that in a bad way as if never satisfied. I just think that especially in business, you always kind of have to be looking ahead to the next thing, the next growth, the next pivot, you know, where's your next opportunity at? Yeah. It's like a paradox, right? Cause I used to think like, Oh, like anyone who's trying to like achieve that much, it comes from some like insecurity or some like bad place but as right. i as i started doing it i'm also working on that stuff from a psychological perspective and yes from therapy and so it's not it's actually not from like this wounded place but it's just like how much more can i give to be the best that i can be yeah like kobe drew out the best in yeah absolutely i know i think that's a really good point and it's like it's not that you're trying to forget or like you said, coming from a dark place or a bad place. It's just like, what is next? And how can I keep getting to that next level? Yeah. So perfect segue. What is that next level for Prototaste? And yeah. Yeah. So for Prototaste, I would say, you know, my, my 
okay, so here's my vision for this. Something like Prototases in every city in America has a launch pad, like I said, with several trucks, several different options. And, and you're, you're only in Denver now? Is that right? Yep. We're only in Denver right now. We started in August of 2019. We signed our first client or our first partner in September of 2019. What was that? Let's draw out that moment. What was yeah. that moment like? Because the first client can be... Oh, man, that was... It's an Italian restaurant here in DeFranco's. Shout out to DeFranco's. Awesome food. If you're ever in town, they're right downtown on 9th and Lincoln. And Ryan DeFranco, the owner, is great. And the first... When we first came to our partnership... And, and what's really cool, too, is that he still works with us to this day. So it's really cool when your first client or your first partner, if you will, in this case, is still with you. It means that you're doing something right with the model, which is really, really cool. So awesome food. Ninth and Lincoln, DeFranco's Italian, if you're ever in Denver, Colorado. I worked in sales, doing small business loans for six years. And no loan, I, every loan I sold was more lucrative than the first client I signed to my own business. But the first client I signed to my own business was 10 times more rewarding than any loan I sold, if yeah. that makes sense. You have to realize, man, like you're pitching people something that you just came up with. Aaron, I don't know if you remember this, but it was probably about two, a year and a half ago, we had a, just a phone conversation. And, and the quote, you said something along the lines of like, you said that, I don't know if it was relating entrepreneurship to magic, but you were basically like, when you think about it, an entrepreneurship is the ultimate creator because you're creating a job, you're creating a company out of thin air. And that really stuck with me. And you know, when you signing your first client or getting your first sale for whatever it is, nothing will ever, I'll never forget that, that feeling. It was pretty cool too, because his their first event with us was Friday, September 13th. And their second event with us was Saturday, September 14th, which was my 30th birthday. And they came to my birthday. Like we, I had the, I launched the business in front of my friends and family at my 30th birthday party, which was pretty cool that they got to see my dad and my mom, dad, and sister were out here in September. My dad actually passed that November from cancer, unfortunately. So it was really cool that my dad got to see what I created before he went, you know, and that my parents were there. And, and so, so the first launching the company and signing your first client. I mean, it was just, there's no feeling like that. It's just like total joy, jubilation. It's the ultimate sale, right? I don't mean sale like I'm a salesman, but I just meant if you can sell something to somebody that you created out of nothing, like I said, sales is my background, nothing's more rewarding than that. If you start a, a web design service and the first client who you get to design their website, or if you're selling baseball hats, the first hat you sell or like, if you're doing consulting, anything that you do that your first sale is just, it's, there's no feeling like it. Cause you're like, man, I made this, I made this happen. I remember the first, I may even have told you this story. I remember the first person who paid me for coaching. Yes. Yes. And it was very similar because the money I made at Accenture, hundreds of thousands of dollars, this was way more rewarding. It was like, $75 a month as <laughs> she gave me her credit card and I typed it in the like the square app. I was like fidgeting. Yeah. I almost like blew it. Like I had to ask oh. the expiration date like a few times. I mean, that's just awesome. Right. But it's like, you know, you were there, you were in a very successful 
you were doing very well for yourself at a very successful point in your career. And it's funny because you don't leave and start your own company for the short term. You don't do it for the short term at all. And it, if you do, I think you're kind of in the wrong. You miss the paychecks of corporate America. Sure. But what are you banking on, right? You're banking on yourself in the long run, whether it's you want to build a business for your family or you want to build a business to ultimately sell it, or you want to build a business to be whatever it is, you're not doing it in the short term for the money or for like, you know, okay, hey, this will get me get rich quick, right? In the six months thing or or even a couple of years thing, in my opinion, at least, you know, I'm not saying anybody who does that, whatever you guys got going for you, good for you. But my opinion is that what you're playing for is you're playing the long game when you go into business for yourself. You're playing the freedom, you're playing you get to decide what you do every day to better your business and to better yourself. And ultimately, there's a payoff at the end of the road for it. And if you can get there sooner, great. But I think it's important for people to remember to be patient and that this isn't something that's going to... Every overnight success is 10 years in the making or whatever, it, your number, you know, whatever number you want to use there. Yeah, right, right. Totally. It could be five years, it could be 10 years, it could be 20 years. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Now, I'm struck by because your dad was a powerful and loving businessman. Yeah. And I was always inspired by him growing up. Yeah. I'm struck by how influential he was in your life and how this was a great gift. Yeah. My dad, and it was actually just last week, was just a year since he passed. So it's, it's still, the wound is, of course, still very fresh. And he lived a great life. He lived a a happy life and and he got to live to the fullest which was amazing you know we miss him every day but he was a lot of people have different relationships with their parents not saying any's be- better or worse but my dad was one who was my best friend you know he was he and I were very very close so i remember when i told him like hey dad here's what i want to do i'm going to leave this job making six figures and here's my business plan and he was supportive but he was always like hey you know kind of be smart use your head and which is how he kind of was with everything like don't leave your company until you have insurance lined up. Don't leave your company until you have to, or, you know, kind of X, Y, Z. So he was like, are you sure you want to buy this thing cash? And, you know, like you got all that money saved up and you're going to put it into this. And he was like, you know, I'm, I'm here for you. I'm supportive. And, but he was just always kind of just like checking it. So I'm very, very thankful that he got to see it before he passed. And, you know, I know that he's like, of course, with me every day. And I know that he was proud and hopefully he still is. And, and hopefully this will be something where it's, a no-brainer in a couple of years that he sees well, like, man, this vision that you had when he's watching from above that, like, hey, this was, I get it, you know, this was worth it. So he was always, always supportive. And it in that same breath, he was always, hey, use your head. Like, let's let's make sure that you're making right decisions here. So that kind of impact and valuable lessons that he had on me are something that, you know, I'll always take with me moving forward in business and in life. Thanks for sharing that, man. It's, yeah, of uh, course. It's a pretty cool thing to see that influence on you and to, to see you playing it out. Yeah. It's really clear over here. Thanks brother. Yeah. So l- let's talk about the, the challenges because we yeah. all have them as entrepreneurs. What I'm really curious, what are you up against right now in terms of challenges? I mean, yeah. pandemic and this whole year has been crazy. Right. What are you facing right now from a business perspective? Yeah. So, you know, I launched the company back in 2019. And the co-founder who was with me, Kyle Pellman, who's went to school with us as well, he is a great partner because he and I think very differently. 
and it's kind of cool. He, he wanted to get into, and he has, does web development and software design kind of on the side for, for creating websites for companies. And he wanted to get into that. And when I told him about my company, he was like, Hey, could I design your website for you? I won't charge you. And can I just use it as a resume builder for me? And I was like, yeah, of course, man. Like I want to, I want to help like through my ventures and and everything, you know, I want to help anybody else that I can along the way to help bring them up and get them into light. And then after he designed the website, he kind of came to me and he's like, Hey man, this is a really cool idea. Like, are you looking for any investors by chance? And I wasn't really, I was kind of ready to just kind of like rock solo or kind of waiting for the right partner. And Kyle kind of approached me about it. And I was like, yeah, like this would work really well. And so far, so good. It's been, it's been really good. So he is a, he is a partner as well. But when we first started it, it was, we wanted to kind of, our food truck's interesting because it can be any different restaurant. So it can be, we were like, Hey, well, when we don't have this thing rented, we should still be taking it out to make money to kind of cover the bills. So we kind of came up with our own concept, guilty pleasures grub, which is just like an East coast inspired. We do like cheesesteaks, burgers, buffalo, like just kind of grub food. The slogan for it is the food that you hate to love mm-hmm. stuff that we kind of grew up with back East more. That's a little bit, Denver's a very health conscious city. And it of course has awesome food out here as well, but kind of misses that, like that really good greasy hangover food, if you will. So, so this is guilty pleasures is your own food truck. We, like guilty pleasures grub was proto taste's first client, if you will. And it was you guys. It was us cooking in it. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Not having any culinary experience at all, by the <laughs> way. So we understand the business and you know, that's where our kind of our background is. But when it comes to that's what's kind of cool about our business model as well, is we get to partner with all these awesome chefs because that's not us. No. But uh the first when you just kind of talk about challenges, I'm I promise I'm going somewhere with this story. Yeah. <laughs> um, the first we signed a contract with Red Rocks, which if you're familiar with Colorado at all, it's a natural amphitheater. Um, if you ever come to Denver, it's about 30 minutes outside of town. You must check it out. It's awesome for concerts. They do move, you know, this is all in a pre-COVID world. Concert venue, movies, great for hiking. So we got the OSM to do 15 of their concerts as one of the first food trucks out there. We were like, man, this is gonna be awesome, gonna be a killing. Like, you know, it's 30 minutes outside of Denver in a car. When you're towing a a food trailer, it's probably about 40 minutes outside of the city. And it so we kind of going down these roads and we get up there and so excited. And I go to open the unlock the door and the key to unlock the door broke so we're at 40 minutes out we're at what's going to be our biggest event already don't know what we're doing this is like one of our like our first awesome like booked gig but i go to shove the key in there to unlock the, the food truck and it breaks off and i'm like are you kidding me i was like are, I, we're gonna have to nullify this contract we're gonna have to go home like i'm gonna have to get the other key which i left back in denver and kyle pelman who was there was like dude just kind of really usually like I'm kind of pretty cool and calm and collected. And I was just so amped up and he was like, dude, relax. And he like shoved the key in and we were able to unlock it. But like, that was kind of our first, like, are you kidding me? Something's going to go wrong. What's it going to be type thing. So that was kind of one of the first things that we ever, which is funny. And everything ended up being fine that night. We got it. We got it open. We got the spare key in there and everything works well. And then you kind of shift, right? So that's summer of 2019. We get our first client in September of 2019. We have a partnership with another member of ours who, is, who opened up a, it's called Postcard Foods. They opened up their own food trailer off of 70 going up to the mountains. They do pre-made meals for folks that are skiing. So it's basically that you can spend more time on the mountains and less time like going to the grocery store and things of that nature. 
So they worked with us for a very brief time, just kind of test out some of their concepts. And then in November, I'm away from everything a lot because my father passes. So I'm back home in Pennsylvania. So the holidays kind of come and go. And I stay back with my mom and my sister and my girlfriend at the time, my now wife. So I needed to be with family, things of that nature. And so these are all kind of like these ups and downs, right? Like you sign your first client, you sign your second client, death in the family. So I'm away from the business. I'm where I need to be. I don't regret that at all because I needed to be back there. Then kind of after the new year, we're like, okay, I'm ready to focus on this and getting this ramped up. I think March 1st, we had four, four new restaurants ready to sign. And this is all cold calling, right? Like this is, I'm emailing, I'm going into these restaurants, these little mom and pop shops, trying to get a vote, like referrals, anything I can. We had four new members ready to sign and the restaurant industry shuts down because of COVID. And they're rightfully so. These restaurant owners are like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and hold off for now. I don't know where my money is going to need to go. You know, I got people to pay and, and I get it. So, you know, that is what it is. It's, it's March now and, and middle of March, right during the shutdown and everything. So those four clients never sign up with us. And you're kind of like scratching your head, just going like, okay, let's everybody kind of stay calm. Meanwhile, I'm still working my full-time job. And Kyle Pellman and I, my partner and I both work at On Deck together. And then in April, after being there for six and a half years at the time, almost seven years, I get furloughed because of the pandemic. We do small business loans, right? So we have no way of underwriting these small businesses right now with the current economic state. So I'm furloughed from work and I'm like, okay, that might be a good time to focus full-time on on the food truck and prototaste and kind of developing things. But meanwhile, I'm, I have a nice little, I have my insurance, have my money saved up and I can go make money with the food truck, right? So thinking at the very worst by July, you know, I'll at least kind of know what my next steps are. So July, they call me on deck, calls me back, my employer at the time and says, Hey, we're going to let you go. Here's your severance. So now, you know, this whole time I was, I was ready to kind of like make this jump into it, but I was basically forced to. So then now as of July or second half of July, early August, I'm doing this full time. And what's really cool is like, despite this pandemic and things in the summertime are opening up a little bit, right? So then since then, we had a, a new concept come on, a Buffalo concept. Our newest client, Taco Del Sol, two guys from Austin, Texas who make great tacos. They're kind of our newest client. We actually have, we just signed a partnership with CB Dough Cookies. These two girls who are doing, who have prepackaged CBD cookies and trying to kind of build their brand as well. So it's really interesting because as this pandemic kind of has its ups and downs. Of course, so do businesses, but we feel like this is something that could help us. Going back to your example, don't let Tony's Tacos dream die just because people can't come into your restaurant right now. Use us and partner with us to kind of still keep your dream at a fraction of the cost. Like Get the overhead off your balance sheet. If you need to, need to leave your brick and mortar, if you're being, if the building's getting sold and there's just, there's alternative ways around it. And so we almost think that not in an opportunistic, like greedy or capitalistic way of like, oh, the COVID, could, the pandemic could be good for us. More so in a way of like, hey, here's a big opportunity because restaurants are hurting right now. And because they're, I don't know about Pennsylvania, but Colorado right now is, and it changes, you know, almost weekly, but it's very limited. You can't have any indoor seating as of now. It's outdoor seating only. 
and it's last call is at eight o'clock for bars. So, and you know, there's kind of like a 10 PM curfew. So restaurants who are already have these razor thin margins are taking even a bigger hit. So we really want to be there to help as another outlet and say, Hey, don't let Tony's tacos dream die just because times are tough right now. Part, think of different ways to sell your food. One of which being with us. So in a roundabout answer, kind of long-term, those are kind of the ups and downs in the timeline of the past year since really since inception of Prototaste. It's, we've had quite our fair share of, of ups and downs going on in the first year even. It, it perfectly follows the... Some of my papers drop, but it perfectly follows the kind of startup curve or, yes. or dip as it's called in some cases where you, there's the excitement and it's going up. And then yes. going down and uh, uh, can we get it back to go? Yeah, exactly. That was a, you know, the book, The Startup J-Curve. I'm actually yeah. reading that right now that you recommended to me. So yeah, it's really kind of cool to, to see that unfold, you know, and if there's a, I don't know if we'll t- get into this later or not, but if there's a piece of advice I could give folks in, in our shoes in the startup world, it's have a strong support system. Believe in yourself first and foremost. You have to believe in yourself and what you're selling, but also it's it's really really key to have a support system. My my wife, you know, now wife, we just got married a few weeks back. Congratulations, my, thanks, brother. My wife Haley, huge shout out to her because she's been by my side through all of this and supporting supports everything. And I think yes, believe in yourself, yes, believe in your product, but try and find like minded individuals or people who support you, whether it's a spouse, whether it's family, mother, father, brother, sister husband, wife, friends, anything. I think that's very important because especially if you don't have a partner, it can get really, really scratching your head. What the hell am I doing? Type dark nights type thing. So I think having a support system is key. And you know, my family's been very supportive, but my, and so is my wife through all of this. So I can't, I feel very fortunate to have that. And I think that's very important for people to, to play the long game here. Absolutely. Entrepreneurship comes with this inherent loneliness mm-hmm. because we're like creating for all the good reasons that we talked about, we're like creating something new and innovative. And we have a vision that only we can really see until we enroll other people into it. Yeah. On its worst days, it's the loneliness of that. Yes. On its best days, it's that I'm helping the world by enrolling people into this vision. Yeah. I'd say the best days, you know, you don't even think twice about it. You're like, I can't imagine doing anything else. And on the worst days, you're like, when you're trying to figure out how you're going to pay the bills, you know, you're like, what job can I get right now just to get some income or not even money related, right? It's like, you know, hey, I need, I can't sleep at night because of X, Y, or Z. Like, you know, you're almost looking for any, it's just funny, the extremes. And I think having a support, a support system to kind of keep you in the middle is very, very important. Let's go to your other advice, your other entrepreneurial lessons. Yeah. I ask a lot of people on here to say what you would say to people starting out. Yeah. I would say if you're just now starting out, it's, it's an amazing ride. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. My dad used to say to me, like, something's going to go wrong. You don't know what it is, but it's going to be something, but you'll figure it out. I would also tell you, don't you're going to take losses and that's part of the process and just learn from them. Try not to make the same mistake twice and you'll be much better off, but you can't get discouraged at your first sign of adversity. 
There's always a way around it. Kind of the thing I keep telling myself, and like I said earlier, you can't fail if you just keep going. No matter what happens to you, just keep going forward. That's the only way that we can go. So if you're just starting out, it's going to be filled with ups and downs. Learn to take losses. Learn to learn from your losses and learn to, hey, you can't give up. You, you got to be strong in this because there's going to be a lot of things that come your way. And on the other side of that, it's a hell of a ride. It's, I'm not even, we're still babies in this thing. I'm 31 years old and just starting my company. And I can't wait to see where we're at in a year from now, two years from now, 10 years from now. I'm super, super excited about that. And, and the vision that you have of like, don't forget why you started it. The vision that you have in the beginning, remember that on your loneliest and darkest nights. And basically the sun's going to come up each day. You know, those dark nights will end eventually. So just keep going. Yeah. I think that piece around the vision and the mission is, is arguably like one of the most important pieces for me yep. to just be like, okay, as long as I take some action today towards that. Yep. Napoleon Hill, I think in Think and Grow Rich, because I'm studying it again, he calls it, or his name is Earl Nightingale, but they call it like the progressive realization of a worthy, it's like yes. just the worthy ideal of who a person wants to become. Yeah. As long as I take action towards that each and every day. And some days it might be, it might be a huge step. Other days it might not even feel like you're going forward and it's just slightly sliding forward. But as long as you're progressing and moving in the right direction, you're getting closer and closer to your goal, which is amazing. Like, I think it's, it's easy to be our own worst critic. We also have to remind yourself like, Hey, I'm getting better today. And as long as you're improving, there's only one direction you can go and that's forward. So as long as you're improving each day, you're heading in the right direction. Yeah. Nice. Even when you're in that dip and it feels like you're going backwards or... Oh, yeah. Because that's how it feels. You're actually going forward and up. You won't ever in that dip phase, especially. And like I said, that's probably... I would love... And I I haven't finished the book yet. And so I don't know where I'm at in the curve. But if I had to guess, you know, I would guess we're probably like, we're here, we're here. I would guess we're probably like right here. And like, you know, we're not quite on the upturn yet, but we're way past like... Hey, what the heck are we doing? Yeah. We're starting to swing up. And then like, I'm really excited to see kind of how this takes off and kind of what level it does at. But yeah, you're absolutely right because it'll, you'll never go backwards, right? Like that's what I mean by you'll keep going forward. Like if yesterday was the worst day you ever had, guess what? That's over. Today is the start of the new, like it's, it's the beginning and you have to have like that gratitude and like, there's so much opportunity each and every day that like, wow, I can't believe that I did this yesterday. Well, it did like, you know, so like, you're not going to go back. And so you have to keep going forward. So even if it feels like you're still going down, the more you go down, the closer you are to the upswing. Exactly. And that's, that, that's kind of like, that gives me, that's exciting. We all have the same, we all have that opportunity and it's like, and that's in business and life and, and anything, just keep going. Beautiful. That's a perfect spot to start to wrap. Thanks, Chris, for coming on. How can people find you? on interwebs. Yeah. So first and foremost, the company, www.prototaste.com, P-R-T-O-T-A-S-T-E.com. We're on Instagram at Prototaste, on Facebook, Prototaste, Twitter at Prototaste. I'm on Facebook as well, Chris Semplis, and Instagram as Chris Semplis, the real Semplis. So if anything, though, at least check out our website, check out what we're kind of about. 
we'd love to get as many people as we can on this journey as we grow and help out all these restaurants and aspiring chefs. Cool. That sounds great, man. 